Amen. And may those lyrics that we just sang be our prayer today. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life, brought me from the darkness into glorious light. What wonderful words that remind us of the sacrifice of our Savior. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles this morning to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, we're going to read verses 1 through 13, and then we'll skip down and read verses 21 through 28 as I preach to you this message today, the blood applied. When you find your place in God's Word this morning in Exodus chapter 12, I also want to ask you to please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 12, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 13, and then verses 21 through 28. The Bible says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, Every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the household of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire. With unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand." So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Skip down to verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. 
And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you just as he promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Father God, we pray that you would bless the reading and study of your word this morning. Give us understanding of the blood applied. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. The main idea that I want to communicate to you today is that the blood of Jesus applied to the heart by faith brings life. The blood of Jesus applied to the heart by faith brings life. You might be wondering why in the world I'm preaching from this passage in the Old Testament on the Passover that does not ever mention the name of Jesus. We just read it. You didn't hear the name of Jesus. But I want to assure you that Jesus himself is right there in the middle of these verses of Hebrew history. Because it's in the Passover lamb that we see a picture of the lamb of God whose blood takes away the sin of the world. I want you to note with me four ways that the blood of the Passover lamb pictures the blood of Jesus Christ. The first way the Passover lamb pictures Jesus is in the provision of the blood. The provision of the blood. Now, some people get queasy and wheezy when we talk about the blood of Jesus Christ. Some think that it's improper or inappropriate. The reason that we talk about the blood is because God talks about the blood. Notice with me that the command to set apart and slaughter Passover lambs was not the invention of Moses or the imagination of Aaron. It was the direction and design of God himself. Verse 1 says, now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. In other words, God is the one who's giving this instruction. When we note the provision of the blood of Jesus Christ, some people might scratch their heads and think, why in the world did God want His Son Jesus to provide His blood on the cross for our sins? It comes back to God's design and His divine direction. The Lord is the one who gave this command. Why the blood? Because God said it had to be offered. 
And I also want you to notice when we talk about and think about the provision of the blood, not just why we talk about the blood, but where this command was given. The Lord spoke to His servants in the land of Egypt, verse 1. Egypt had been a place of both blessing and suffering for the Hebrew people. They had originally moved to Egypt in God's providential plan to endure a famine. The Bible notes in Exodus chapter 1 verse 7 that the children of Israel became fruitful and increased abundantly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. God's people flourished there in the fertile plains of Goshen in the land of Egypt. God blessed the population, both of the people of Israel and the flocks of the Israelites. Until one day, a new Pharaoh arose to power in Egypt, who did not recognize the Lord, nor did he respect the Lord's people. This new Pharaoh was fearful that the immigrant Israelites were going to take over the Egyptian empire. So first, he enslaved the Hebrew people to break their spirits. And when that didn't work, he tried to eradicate these people. His evil plan involved a command for all of the Hebrew baby boys to be thrown into the Nile River and to be drowned in death. But God had a bigger plan than wicked Pharaoh. And through a series of providential circumstances, God raised up one of these would-have-been-killed little boys named Moses. God would tell Moses to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses, reluctant at first, obeyed the Lord, but Pharaoh refused to listen to the Lord's command. And so, in a series of ten plagues, God showed His power over the most powerful king of the most powerful nation in the world and His power over all of the false gods they worshipped. It was in Egypt, this place of suffering and death, that God provided the way of salvation and life through the blood of Passover lambs. It is in this world in which we live, amongst death and sin, that God provides the way of salvation and life through His Son, Jesus Christ. And this would have been a major ordeal, a huge holy day. Because if you look at the first census of the children of Israel in Numbers chapter 2, verse 32... What you note is that there were 603,550 able-bodied men. That's a lot of people and a lot of households. Where in the world would they find the lambs to offer on behalf of these hundreds of thousands of households? They would find these lambs because God had provided them. Do you remember before they were enslaved and before Pharaoh tried to eradicate them, how God had blessed them and allowed them to flourish? God provided the lambs that were needed so that His people could observe this Passover. 
There were a lot of households that would require a lot of Passover lambs. Where would they obtain all of these animals? The answer is that they already had them because the Lord provided them. These prosperous flocks were God's means of providing life and salvation for His people. When we stop and think about how many people are on planet Earth today, it's staggering. The figures are over 8 billion. Where in the world will we find a proper substitute for the sins of this world? In this day and time when the people observed the Passover, it required a multitude of lambs. In the same way that God provided the Passover lambs in Egypt then, He has provided His own Son for us. The Lamb of God for our life and salvation now. And unlike needing a multitude of lambs, God only provided one because there's only one that is needed. The provision of a substitute blood sacrifice for our sins has been provided in Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews in the New Testament notes this, that without the shedding of blood, there is, there can be no remission of sins. The Lord longs to forgive us. The Lord longs to provide us with salvation and life. And the only way that we can receive that salvation and life is through the precious blood of His Son, Jesus, that God provided for us when Jesus came and died on the cross. I want you to note the provision of the blood. The blood of Jesus applied to our hearts by faith brings life. There is a second way that the blood of these Passover lambs pictures the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Not only do we note the provision of the blood, but I want you to note the purity of the blood. In verse 5, God's direction says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. A lamb without blemish. This pictures the blood of Jesus Christ, the purity and holiness of His life. The Lord did not ask these Israelites to bring lame lambs, or dumb lambs, or deaf lambs, or blemished lambs, or ruined lambs, or subpar lambs. He demanded the best of the flock. A one-year-old male, a lamb without blemish. Is this not a perfect picture of the sinless Son of God? Not just anyone could die for the sins of the world, even if they wanted to. It would take a perfect sacrifice to, to be our substitute. And only the Son of God, perfect in righteousness without sin, could die in our place, and He did. Now think about it this way. If you go to the grocery store and ring up several dollars from the milk and the bread and the eggs that you're going to purchase, and the cashier looks at you and demands a payment of, let's say, you know, $15.86. Will it work if you pull some Monopoly money from your game board box at home and go to pay? No, it won't do. It's money, but it's not the correct kind of currency, is it? Listen to me. 
The precious blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can redeem our lives from sin. It took the perfect, precious blood of Jesus to redeem us. Peter put it this way over in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Nothing that we do can atone for our sins. Nothing that we could offer could cleanse us from our iniquity. But what God has provided us with in the pure blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, can and will atone for our sins. The blood of Jesus applied to our hearts by faith brings life. A third way that the blood of these Passover lambs pictures the blood of the Lamb of God, God's Son, Jesus Christ, is in the placement of the blood. The placement of the blood. We've noted the provision. We've noted the purity. Now I want you to see what they did with the blood of these lambs when these lambs were slaughtered. Verse 7 says that they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts of the house and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. When you walk into a house, how do you enter into the house? Through the door, right? Some of you might be cute and creative and try to climb in through the dog door. Uh, it might be interesting to see some of you do that. Now, some of you might have locked yourselves out of the house before and had to climb in through a window. But typically when you walk into a house, you walk in through the door. And when you walk into the house through the doorway, that is where you dwell. It's where you live. It's where you stay. They were to apply this blood on the doorposts of the house where they were eating the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. The placement of the blood. They were to take some of the blood with a hyssop branch and brush it on, strike the doorposts, the sides of the house, and the lintel, the overhead piece of the door. As they painted this blood around the door frame, it would give them protection from the tenth plague of judgment from God. When the destroyer would come through the land that night, he would take note of the blood over the doorposts of the house and spare the firstborn child within. In the same way, that the door is the way into a home, the heart is the way into a person's life. The heart is the door of our spiritual lives. And it's because of sin that our hearts are wicked. But when we apply the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for our sins by faith, then our hearts are cleansed by His blood. The blood of Jesus applied to our hearts by faith brings life. Just as those Hebrews dipped those hyssop branches in the basin full of that lamb's blood and painted their doorways, so when we place our faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins, we are applying His blood to our hearts and to our lives. It is His blood 
that allows the wrath of God to pass over us. The Lamb of God died in our place, bore the wrath of God so that we don't have to bear the wrath of God. It's interesting to note the wording of uh, a couple of uh, verses here. Look at verse 22. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the doorposts. Strike it. In other words, slather it on there. And then I want you to notice this. If you'll skip down uh, just a few verses, and uh, just to the next verse, verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. The reason that God from heaven doesn't have to strike you and smite you with his wrath if you are in Christ is because Christ was stricken on your behalf when he died on the cross. The blood of Jesus applied to our hearts by faith brings life. God does not want you to experience eternal and everlasting punishment. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross on your behalf. The placement of the blood of Jesus is so important because it was you and I who deserved to be on that cross for the sins that we committed. But Jesus Christ took our place, dying as the perfect sacrifice, an atoning substitute so that we could be forgiven. And when the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins is applied to our hearts by faith, we are forgiven and we're free. We receive a living hope through his death. The fourth way the blood of these Passover lambs pictures the blood of Jesus is in the purpose of the blood. The purpose of the blood. I want you to note this with me in verse 13. The Lord said, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The fourth way that I want you to see how this blood of the Passover lamb pictures the blood of Jesus Christ is in the purpose of this shed blood. God describes this blood in verse 13 as a sign or a symbol. The people applied the blood to the doorposts and lentils with hyssop branches. When the Lord saw the blood of the lamb on the door, he passed over these houses without judgment. When the Lord sees a sinner who has applied the blood of Jesus to their heart by faith, he passes over. He does not judge and bring about death. The death of the lamb brought life. The death of God's son, Jesus Christ, is what gives us life. When the Lord looks at your heart, does he see the blood of Jesus there applied? I want you to think about this with me. God the Father, in His sovereign wisdom, and His divine providence, was giving these Israelites a picture of what His own Son Jesus would ultimately do for the sins of the world. This practice, this festival of Passover, might have sounded strange in their ears in that day. 
In fact, it sounds strange to our own even now. But God was trying to show his people just how much he loved them and how he would provide a way for them to be delivered and to have life. The purpose of these Passover lamps was to show us God's ultimate salvation. When we talk about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins, we are talking about the love of God poured out for us in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. The purpose of those Passover lambs was to point us to Jesus. Jesus dying on the cross for us, shedding His blood in our place, helps us understand just how much God truly does love us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Apostle Paul put it this way. God demonstrated His love for us in this way. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God wants you to be forgiven. But you cannot be forgiven by doing enough good deeds to erase your bad deeds. God wants you to have eternal life. But you cannot earn it through any good work that you do. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. And you can try to clean something with a filthy rag all you want to. But it's going to be dirty just like it was before. The only way you can be forgiven is through the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. The only way that you can be cleansed is through the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And here's the wonderful thing about the blood of Jesus. It always and forever cleanses. Always and forever cleanses. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, then He is faithful and He is just to cleanse us from our sins, to forgive us of all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus applied to our hearts by faith brings life. So I have one question for you in light of these four ways that the blood of these Passover lambs pictures the blood of Jesus Christ. Have you applied the blood of Jesus to your heart by faith? Have you applied the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, to your heart by faith? If you're here this morning and you have, then you can join in and say, Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. But if you're here this morning, and you've not ever believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, if you've not ever placed your faith in Him, if you've not ever applied His blood to your heart, you don't have forgiveness and you don't have eternal life. This morning, I want to ask you to come to Jesus in faith, to believe that He died on the cross for your sins, that He was buried and that He rose again so that you can be forgiven of your sins, and so that you can receive the gift of eternal life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes now for just a moment? In just a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. But before we do that, 
I want to ask you this question again. Have you applied the blood of Jesus to your heart by faith? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I don't, I don't want, to, want anybody looking around. I'll be the only one that's looking. Have you applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your heart by faith? If the answer to that question is yes, would you just slip up your hand? Yes, I have applied the blood of Jesus Christ to my heart by faith. Thank you. Put your hands down. I ask you that question again, and if the answer is no, I just want you to slip up your hand. Have you applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your heart by faith? If the answer to that question is no, would you just slip up your hand and say, Jacob, I'm just going to be honest, I haven't done that. All right, church, here's my challenge to you today. If you have applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your heart by faith, when we stand to sing this song, I want you to stand and truly thank Jesus for the blood that was shed on the cross for your sins. And if you're here this morning and you raised your hand and said, no, I've not ever applied the blood of Jesus Christ to my heart by faith, I'm not saved. If that's you, what I want to ask you to do this morning is when we stand up to sing this song in a few moments, that you just stand up and you walk down here to me. Because I want you to come to know Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to apply His blood to your heart by faith. I can't make you do that, but I want you to. And the Lord does too. That's why He sent His Son Jesus Christ to this earth. To shed his blood on the cross. It's so you could be forgiven. It's so you could receive eternal life. It's so you could apply his blood to your heart by faith. And be forgiven of your sins. And receive the gift of eternal life. So in just a few moments. When the invitation song is played. And we stand up. If you're here today. And you need to be saved. If you've not ever applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your heart by faith. You come down here and say, Jake, I'm ready to be saved. I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to be forgiven. I want to have eternal life. Father God, we pray that as you've spoken to hearts through your word this morning, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move and work now. Lord, we do thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross for our sins. God, for those who know you in this room, we thank you that through faith in his sacrifice, we're forgiven and we have eternal life. May we thank you for it and worship you now. And God, for those in this room who answered no to that question and said that they've not ever applied the blood of Jesus Christ to their heart by faith, that they've never been saved, I pray that today, even right now, would be the day and the time that they choose by faith to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, was buried and rose again, and that they'd give their lives to him as Lord and be saved. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.